Hi everyone, uh, welcome to a special TLVI podcast episode. Uh, today I'm sitting down for a conversation with Stephanie Aboa. Uh, she's an author, a writer, and a body positivity activist. Um, this conversation is unscripted and it's going to be very honest. Uh, thanks for joining me, Stephanie. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm good. I'm good. Thank yeah, it's, you. It's been challenging a um, few days. Yeah, uh, just a little bit. Just, <laughs> just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, so we met. Um, I'm in London right now, um, and uh, we met a few days ago when we had a conversation that um, I was really touched uh, by, but uh, um, by what you said and your sincerity and um, uh, everything you stand for. And I just wanted to do this podcast because I wanted to give you an opportunity um, to speak directly to people um, and and discuss what happened you were uh, in the in the middle of uh, um, controversy online um, regarding some tweets of yours that we'll touch on in a minute but um, first um, let's take a step back so you're an author you published uh, a book right called um, what? oh uh, it's called fatally ever after yeah in which you discuss we, we've spoke about that you discussed the um, uh, body positivity movement uh, yeah. where it started yeah yeah. yeah, so I, um, it's a book about um, the way in which uh, black plus size women navigate society, um, everything from dating and culture and mental health to uh, the way in which we're portrayed on TV and tropes and all that kind of stuff. Right, and that's that's amazing. You also mentioned that you um, write in the book about the intersection of uh, being a, a black woman and a, a plus size woman. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, so... Um, because I think the the way in which we exist in society, uh, if we're talking about sort of being plus size or having a different body shape is a lot different to the ways in which um, non-black plus size people are treated due to just the intersectionality of being black and mm-hmm. having misogynoir and colorism and all of these kinds of things. So I thought it was important to kind of get those narratives sort of into the into the ether, so to speak. Right, right. And um, so then you, um, I know you have a very successful blog, uh, very popular. Uh, you write, um, I've read some of your posts that are uh, brilliantly ri- uh, written. And I think, I think you're such an important voice. Um, but then I was a bit, um, I, I, you know, I was puzzled into why you were chosen to be the diversity director for a magazine. What was that about? Yeah, I'm, I, you tell me, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. So when I, you know, when all of this sort of happened last week, I kept seeing the term diversity champion, diversity director. So I was a bit confused as to who gave me that title, because um, in regards to the magazine that I had um, um, taken up the post with, it was contributing editor. And there was that as far as I knew, that was all I was signing up to do. So I'm not sure where the diversity uh <laughs> bits came into um yeah i wonder yeah. i wonder why they decided that you were going to be in charge of diversity um for this magazine I, it's it's a it's a bit weird but so the magazine grazia that's the name of the magazine um it's based in the uk it's so they have like a division in the uk mm-hmm. um i think they are based in italy i think they're uh, originally mm-hmm. an italian magazine and so they have um editions all over europe and they picked you to be a contributing director, like just just you, or, the, or do you know if they picked other uh, other people to? Yeah, so um, it was 
to be a contributing editor. Contributing editor. And so it would just consist of sort of writing articles for the magazine or taking part in um, beauty judging awards or hosting panels, things Mm. like that. Um, And then I believe there were a few other black women that were also chosen for the post as well um, around the same time and after as well. Um, so the news are announced to you that you're going to be um, part of this of the team in the magazine, um, and then things were um, taking a wrong turn for you. Uh, what exactly happened? Yeah, so um, it was announced maybe three weeks ago, I think. Uh, so after it was announced, I was approached to do a couple of things with the magazine. Um, I haven't done well. I didn't do them as of yet, so it was quite a new role, um, and then. Yeah, last week, um, some old tweets of mine were published by a publication. And so in response to that, Grazia decided to um, let me go from the position, um, which I think, you know, they they had to be seen to be doing the right thing because of the comments that were brought up. And Mm. so um, subsequently, I was, um, yeah, let go from from being a contributing editor of of, of, for them. Um, so if if you're following me uh, online, you know that I'm really against the whole idea of uh, cancel culture, and I see that it's often um, targeting marginalized uh, people that uh, are the ones that are being cancelled, um, be it women, um, uh, people of color, um, uh, black folks, and also Jewish um, public figures that are always the ones that are uh, in the in the middle of this um, of those this idea of cancelling uh, people and. Uh, for us as Jewish people, the most important thing um, that we can offer to, um, I mean, we're doing it every year. Uh, we're praying for forgiveness and we're trying to um, to to change ourselves and to and to fix ourselves and to be better people as a whole. And there's a concept called uh, for Jewish people that is called teshuva, which mm-hmm. means like you know you're you're finding an answer. You're um, you're to to return back to Judaism as someone that is uh, that if someone is out of Judaism it's called to do a tshuva to to come back to find the answer. Okay. Um, and I think that what happened to you is um, um, you were seeking this uh, this way to to you know you you knew that you made a mistake and you knew that there yeah. was a there was a problem with uh, with some of the actions that and some of the things that you said on Twitter. Um, but there was there was a conflicting. I mean, in in this specific article that uh, in the Daily Mail, that's the one that uh, really stirred all this. Um, I saw that there was some tweets that I couldn't find online by you, some things that were um, uh, attributed to you, but you didn't say them. Um, can you help us to get some clarity about what exactly happened? Yeah, sure. So um, what the publications did was they found uh, tweets from I believe 2011 um, and those tweets were predominantly tweets but so basically when I was younger I used to watch a lot of cartoons like American Dad and Family Guy and all of these kind of uh, blue humour cartoons and I used to live tweet jokes from them all the time Mm -hmm. and so the tweets that um, the publications found just happened to come across two that were aimed that were sort of uh, Jewish community related jokes Um, and so there were a few but the one that I couldn't find was the one about addicts that was and is that something that you said so with that one that wasn't me at all Mm. Um, I did not engage in the tweet I didn't like it I didn't retweet it I didn't say it the original tweet is actually still on Twitter under the original 
writer of the tweet. Oh, right. And the only thing that I had in common with that tweet is that I used to follow the person who tweeted it because she was a beauty blogger. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was doing beauty blogging and she used to do YouTube videos and stuff. So I just like followed her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I don't know why they have um, linked me to that tweet. Um, I don't want to cast any kind of um, suspicions as to why. I know that th- that specific tweet was retweeted and commented on by two other black women. I'm not saying, you know, it's a case of them mistaking them for me, but I just find it a bit weird how mm. it's been sort of linked to me. Um, obviously when the story came out, the first thing I did was look for that tweet specifically because to me that was like one of the, the worst, right. one of the worst ones. And so, um, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, that's, I wouldn't tweet anything like that. So I went back, I downloaded my Twitter archive, which took about three days, I think, um, went through every single thing, put the username in and then put the words attributed to it in and nothing came up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really disappointing that I have been, um, linked to that tweet because I would never say anything like, like that is, a particularly you know harmful yeah. tweet and so it's just a case of you know it's not I'm not trying to take away from the other stuff that I've said which we'll touch on in a, in a moment but yeah. I think it's important to like to just to to make to make it clear that the tweet about um, the the horrific anti-semitic uh, uh, tweet about um, uh, Jews in the attic that was um, um, trying to mock the memory of uh, uh, Anne Frank and was uh, was was not something you wrote and I think you know I'm bringing it up because when I looked at the article and the many other uh, articles that were written about it um, they all link to the original tweets that you had um, about uh, from te- from Family Guy that we'll speak on about in a second and the one from January about um, um, about genocide and and white versus people of color which we'll touch on in a mo- in, a, in a moment but. Um, I, they didn't. They didn't link you to this horrific um, um, tweet about the attic, which I th- which I realized something is off. Yeah, that because I, I tried not to read the publications because I was a bit like, oh, you know, my anxiety was through the roof. But yeah. I did have a quick read, and there were no screenshots. There were nothing of that nature, and so that was why I was like, okay, let me just go in and see if I've ever interacted mm. with this tweet, and I hadn't. Um, so I think out of this whole situation. Of course, it's been, you know, really difficult to process and go through. But I think the fact that I've been linked to that tweet is one of the more hurtful things because I didn't tweet it. I didn't interact with it. And yeah, I think we'll just have to see sort of what happens in the future with, you know, taking that forward. I I don't know, but it's quite I just I really think it's important, you know, to kind of put in a non-defensive way that that specific tweet wasn't mine. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, that's why it's important for me to say it also because it's um, uh, it's first of all, it's the responsibility of any publication that is writing an article that is um, targeting a person, trying to destroy their career. I, I don't know if they try to destroy a career, or maybe they, maybe they thought that they were doing something good for the Jewish community, which I doubt that they did. But, um, um, but even if they, if they, even if they are, like this is their responsibility not to double check, to triple and 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 check ten times before they publish something that. Uh, can damage a person's life uh, the way that they did. And I think that the focus on you and, and the article itself just was really, uh, um, it felt like it was very biased and there was um, uh, an attempt there to um, uh, to target you, to, um, to 
you know, to it was very political, politically driven, like mentioning that you are um, a diversity um, warrior or someone that is um, trying to speak about social justice or, or and which you are speaking about a lot of those issues. But I think that what they were trying to do is really to pinning you down as um, uh, as a target for for to score political points and uh, and that's something that I think for us as as a Jewish community we're seeing it a lot we're seeing that uh, both the left and the right is using us as polit- as, as pawns to uh, to promote their political agenda and I say it all the time I'm saying if you you know if you only speak about anti-semitism when it comes from one side of the political map you never sp- you're not really speaking about anti-semitism you don't really care about Jews uh, and that's that's the case here and I think that um, many in the Jewish community have fell into this uh, trap to believing that um, you know that as if your uh, your actions or who you are is a uh, is a you know is a target that we all have to uh, to fight against. Um, so I, I which I think is wrong. Um, but I also think that the tweet from uh, the, the tweets uh, in question that you the the, the real ones um, um, were were problematic uh, mm-hmm. in in to say the least and. Um, um, I, I read your apology online, um, but I uh, I want you to really explain the the tweets from ten years ago. That you said that they were part of Family Guy. Um, mm. What? Why did you? Th- why did you tweet them um, to begin with? Um, it was so it wasn't just them. I tweeted all jokes mm, um, okay. about Family Guy. So it wasn't just a, you know a select tweet right. about you know that those tweets that I tweeted. It was I used the hashtag and I would tweet okay. every single sentence it was during a time when i was young and i was just i used to just live tweet everything i mean i was old enough i mean i was 18 i was about 18 18. and i just found those cartoons funny and i would just live tweet and i would tweet the things that i found funny at the time and i would tweet things about gosh it was i mean those cartoons used to take the piss out of everybody it was really really bad um and yeah in my stupidity i was watching a scene in family guy and i found it really funny and Mm. i live tweeted it and um yeah obviously sort of 10 years on or 10 11 years on from that i absolutely know better it was you know during a time when we aren't as i I hesitate to use the term woke but Hmm. not as enlightened and as you know broad-minded as we are now it was you know during a time when people I don't want to say people but I feel like we a lot of us sort of made a lot of mistakes and would you know be very insensitive across the board regarding anything um and so I would like to think that I have learned a lot since then um I mean one of the tweets I think they found was one where I said um I didn't know that uh, black Jewish people existed, but yeah. that was genuinely because I didn't know that there were such a things like Ethiopian Jews. I'd never been right. taught or told, or I didn't have any access to know that. Um, I, I only thought it was, you know, Ashkenazi Jews were the only sort of Jewish people because um, that was all I was ever kind of shown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of the tweets as well that they said I was, that they thought to be, um, or that was offensive. and. You know, looking back at it now, I can see why it is because of the erasure. But at the time, it was a genuine question. It wasn't mm-hmm. meant to incite anything or be rude or be mean. I was literally just tweeting things that I didn't know. And um, yeah, like looking back now, I'm horrified at the fact that I first, one was watching these, you know, TV shows and just laughing and, and you know, it's things that are not funny. But 
to also just having that ignorance as well. Um, and that's something that's only slowly come to me in increments with age. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I just, you know, I don't want to defend or say, you know, oh, we were all young. Um, but I just wanted to kind of provide that clarity and just say, you know, it wasn't a case of me just tweeting these things out of my head. It was me copying and pasting stuff from other th things that I'd watched. And mm -hmm. it doesn't make it any better, of course. Like, it doesn't make any better or any different um, at all. But I'm just aware that some publications have chosen to admit that information. Um, so, yeah. If it wasn't for Family Guy, I'm sure that the Daily Mail would have found your statement saying that it's from there and disputed that and showing that it's not from there. Um, I know it's from, from Family Guy. I, I, I also remember the squad. I'm sure anyone can find it. And if, you know, if any of the um, people listening right now would want to uh, to double check that, we welcome them to do I'm yeah. sure you welcome them to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, so after um, establishing those uh, those tweets from 10 years ago when you were 18 um, that that you're um, really apologized for and I think that um, um, it's you know what oh, just a second mm -hmm. well I'm, I'm just gonna cut here after one minute and um, maybe I'll do this and then I'll see the I'll see the lines mm -hmm. in the editor um, so I think that um, it's also important to um, to discuss this, uh, how this really um, uh, impacts the Jewish community. I think, you know, the Jewish community right now is in a very sensitive um, time in, in around the world, not only not only in the UK, um, um, where anti-Semitism is in the US, for instance, is the highest it's been in 41 years. Um, hate crimes are uh, are surging, and it's becoming very very uh, difficult for Jewish people, um, especially online with social media platforms not. Um, doing doing little to none to to protect Jewish uh, Jewish people. So uh, I think that's the the tweets from back then were um, were really um, uh, I would say trigger a reaction from the Jewish community um, for many in the Jewish community to um, to to speak up and to say that this is not okay. And you know I see you and I saw the way that you handled it and it was just so um, amazing and refreshing to say that to have someone that can admit their mistakes and and trying to um, to f to correct herself or, or to or to take ownership and and being accountable when when we met the other day I remember I kept on saying okay let's think of how we can um, relay that to the public and you kept on saying you know I don't want to be performative I don't want to do anything that will be uh, that will take away from my accountability and you really want to be held accountable mm -hmm. um, and I and I remember thinking you know I we're spending in the Jewish community, we're spending, and, and Jewish activists that are fighting against anti-Semitism, we're spending so much time fighting people that really are anti-Semites to their core, that really have hate for uh, hatred for the uh, for the Jewish community. That are saying the most horrific things you can think of till this day, not ten years ago, mm. uh, and are still not willing to apologize for them. I mean, uh, if, even in in progressive circles, specifically in progressive circles in America. Um, we have people like uh, um, uh, Linda Sersu, she's a feminist activist that is very vocal about social justice and feminism, but she's also, she, she said some horrific things about the Jewish community that mm. um, uh, Jews are, uh, are um, you know, upholding an idea of Jewish supremacy, um, uh, in quotes. That's what she said, like really horrific ideas. And I'm thinking, you know, we constantly trying to get her to understand 
why she hurts us. And we're constantly trying to get her to listen to us. And instead of listening, she's going on panels about anti-Semitism and explain to the Jewish community what anti-Semitism is, which is just ridiculous to, to think of the temerity to do it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, I'm, you know, and, I, and I saw you and I saw the way that you spoke up and I just said, this is, you, you should be the example of, of what happened when you make a mistake and, and you're, you know, you're actually actively trying to, to make it right. It, it, it was really, really touched me um, to, to see someone that is, um, that is able to, to take responsibility and that mm-hmm. is so mature to, to want to learn more and to want to educate herself. Uh, and I really want to separate those two, those two, the two issues because there was tweets from 10 years ago that were, um, that were very problematic quotes from Family Guy, all of them. Um, that that we discussed, but I think there was a, another tweet that they pointed out to in January that I I want to separate it because I think that the tweet in January um, is a bit more nuanced and it's really taken out of context. Mm-hmm. And um, can you tell me about that tweet? Then we can discuss that. Yeah, sure. So with the tweets, these tweets happened uh, January of this year, and they occurred about two or three weeks after the general election in the UK. And um, during this time, there was a lot of tension between both the black and Jewish communities, especially on Twitter, um, on both sides. It was kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of the black community were being accused of being anti-Semitic because they were voting Labour. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the Jewish community were being accused of being racist because they were voting Tories. And so neither wants to vote. It, basically, I, I, it, it was a situation where I, f- I felt like people were voting in their best interests mm-hmm. um which is completely understandable because both parties are very problematic mm-hmm. um and so i wasn't really taking part in the conversation because i am not political at all i don't know the discourse i don't know the jargon i you know if i said something wrong i wouldn't be able to defend myself at all so i just kind of like keep, keep quiet yeah. and i was sort of liking tweets on both sides of the argument and so um the day before I made uh, I made that tweet. Um, I received a about three or four messages um, and tweets on the timeline from people who said um, that. Uh, and by this time, the Tories had come back into power, so they they'd been voted back in again. And uh, I received messages that said things along the lines of, "If you um, in the future, it's probably in your best interest to vote Conservative because black trauma slash black pain isn't as." Um, it's not as heavy as what the Jewish community have gone through. And so I saw these and I I didn't argue back and forth. I kind of just left it because I was a bit drained at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, but it was in my head, it it carried in my head for a bit. And then the next day um, I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet that I think it was the 75th anniversary um, of, I think it was, what was it? It was it was an anniversary, um, and the tweet said something along the lines of, you know, this is the worst, uh, this is the worst event that has ever happened in human history, and so for me, it wasn't so much the content of the tweet. It I think for me, it was more the semantics. It was the way it was written, mm-hmm. and so I retweeted that tweet and I said something along the lines of. Um, I feel as if there are sort of, you know, bigger war, bigger genocides or, you know, traumatic things that have happened, but because they happen to black and brown people, they don't get as much coverage or, or um, visibility. 
Um, that led to a couple of people retweet, um, sorry, responding to the tweet. And it was the first in a long line, a long thread of tweets of people going back and forth with what I was saying. Um, a couple of people were, you know, agreeing, but they said that the way in which I said it was really bad. Um, and then, um, a lady came into the conversation and she was saying, you know, I understand what you're saying, but the way in which you said it is really bad. And so we kind of took our conversation to the DMs where we were kind of like going back and forth and we finished that conversation actually understanding each other a lot better. Um, and my mistake was that I did not immediately go back onto the timeline to say, look, I've been educated very briefly on why this tweet was problematic. Um, and I think for me, I, I don't want to use the word triggered. It was just a case of almost being tired that when it comes to black and brown communities, um, pain and trauma and, you know, the stuff that we've kind of gone through, it's, it's not given the same amount of, of visibility or um, um, education um, as, you know, other situations such as the Holocaust and things like this. And this is not... Um, this is n in no way um, putting the blame on the Jewish community, but really it's more shining a light on the fact that when it comes to primary schools, secondary schools, we are not given the opportunity to learn about other cultures and the stuff that, that, and that we and they have gone through. And really it's not, I mean, the blame is sort of towards white supremacy in general. Like we don't really have the avenues to learn these kinds of things. So my tweet was to try and open up a conversation about the marginalization of other communities. But what I ended up doing was minimizing the pain um, and suffering of the Jewish community. And that absolutely wasn't my intention. It wasn't me saying that it didn't happen or that it wasn't as important. It was just me trying to create Expand visibility. the conversation. Expand the conversation. But the way in which I did it was very clumsy. Mm -hmm. The way I worded it, the timing of it. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I had no idea at the time that, you know, that day was so monumental. I was just tweeting because I was emotional and, you know, I just wanted to kind of open up a conversation surrounding, you know, the stuff that we're taught in school and the visibility. But I agree, like the way in which I said it was absolutely terrible and yeah it's it's out there like i'm not gonna defend it or anything like that i think it's important for me to have that accountability because looking back and educating myself further like i see how it has hurt so many people and i'm not somebody that likes to make people upset or hurt people and coming from a marginalized community myself like i understand to a degree like how such statements that sound as if you're saying you know like all lives mattering the, mm. the the conversation I understand how harmful and detrimental that can be and it wasn't my intention to pit the two communities against each other at all um yeah so that's kind of sorry that was a really long explanation <laughs> I was just trying to wrap it up in a nutshell no no it's it's really important to to add those nuances and I think that it's um um your point really um resonate uh, resonate with me because I think that um what happened was um, taken out of context that uh, the tweet itself was taken out and and people were sharing it and debating it as if it's by itself it's a standalone tweet i first of all i do i do appreciate the um your apology um and and i think that many jews appreciate it and ap appreciate your ability to 
um, to see why it's wrong. But I also think that it's, um, I think why it was so triggering um, for the Jewish community was um, beside the minimizing of the Holocaust, because the Holocaust is a big tragedy for the Jewish community. Mm. Um, and it's a big trauma that we're carrying with us. And it happened to Jews in Europe, but it also happened to Jews in North Africa. And it happened to my family that were uh, in, in a um, forced labor camp. And my great grandfather was um, um, was I'm sorry, my grandfather was supposed to be sent to uh, to death camp in in, uh, in Europe, and um, five thousand other Jews were actually sent to death camps in Europe from Tunisia. Um, and my family from my mother's side in Iraq, they faced um, violent uh, pogroms uh, um, that are called the Farhud by the Iraqi government that were incited a lot because of the Nazis and. Um, I think, you know, the Holocaust happened to all Jews, and that's why it's something that we can all, you know, Hitler's ideas and the Nazis' idea was to, to kill all of us. Um, and I also, so, so but, but my point is that I think that the, the phrasing of uh, um, white bodies in front uh, in versus black bodies was, was also a big, um, big reason. I mean, it's a major reason to why this really triggered this reaction. Mm -hmm. um, because, um, you know, the in the Holocaust, the, the whole idea of the Nazis uh, was to kill the Jewish community because they're not white. Uh, the idea of Aryan, of being uh, the supreme race, meant that you are really white, you know, that you're mm -hmm. Caucasian, you're, um, you, you are the master race, and that's why you should live. And people that are not, black people as well, but, mm -hmm. um, but Jews are not considered white. Jews are subhuman, and we need to uh, to kill all of them. That's that. That was their, um, that was their idea and their motivation. And I think that today, what we're seeing and what the Jewish community is experiencing is this um, notion that as if we are enjoying white privilege, privilege in society, or that we are fully white, um, all of us. And um, there are some layers there, uh, and there are some layers to this conversation. First of all, I think you know we've discussed that 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 the Jewish community um, doesn't enjoy white privileges uh, uh, fully. First of all, there's black Jews and there's Jews of color, there's Latino Jews, there's um, um, sorry, uh, Jews from the Middle East and North Africa, there's Jews from uh, Ethiopian Jews. Jews come in every color, but even Jews with pale skin, and I think my skin is more pale, uh, even I want to enjoy white privileges in, uh, um, in white-dominated society be f for the full extent because um, uh, I'm I'm still Jewish and I still have a Jewish last name and I still have a Jewish you know a, a Jewish costumes and I um, when I'm saying that I'm eating kosher in a restaurant I'm still going to get some weird look and there's going to be some prejudice in society about um, mm. what we are as 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 Jewish community um, and uh, and and yet we are still tr being pinned and and blamed for a lot of the racism and the institutionalized racism that exists in white dominated societies uh, or slavery in, in America and, and 400 years of, of institutionalized racism there um, that um, that the Jews did not cause um, mm. but they also in many ways are also subjected to 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 to, to, to hatred not the same in America not the same as the slavery uh, of course, but also anti-Semitism and white supremacists. When they walk into a synagogue and want to neo-Nazis, then they want to kill Jews. Uh, they don't. They're not going to distinguish distinguish between black Jews and white Jews. They will probably enjoy to kill black Jews more, but um, but they're going to kill a Jew if they want to kill a Jew. And that's mm. the type of uh, um, of fear and trauma that the Jewish community is carrying with them. Mm. Um, but I think that's if is does that make sense? Like the that I think that. It wasn't that the, the tweet was anti-Semitic per se, it was that the tweet was minimizing the Holocaust, which is uh, in, in some ways is anti-Semitic, but it's also that um, the, the Jewish community felt as if, 
you know, it's both minimizing the Holocaust and it also saying that we are white or that mm. we are responsible for the crimes of the white dominated society, which is something that throughout the years the Jewish community has always been accused by, uh, of the crimes of a society. You know, in, in, just like I said, in, in Europe we weren't white now uh, because it was it was good to be white now that the conversation is about how it's bad to be white or, or people really recognize the sins uh, the historic sins of, of white dominated societies uh predominantly white dominated societies um now it's it's so it's not positive to be white and the jewish community feels like whiteness is, is being you know they're being mm. branded as white mm. no i think everything you said it completely makes sense absolutely and i think sort of when we kind of get into that space of like again I don't want to speak on behalf of like every single black person mm. but in terms of making it more of a racial thing I think when we say privilege we mm. mean more in a sense of we can't pass for white because mm. of our black skin right. but somebody who is Jewish who might be lighter you know c could pass for right. white therefore easier access to get more jobs mm. or you know won't having ladies cro like cross the street if they see you in the street um or i mean it again it, it depends you know stop and search police brutality in right. terms of especially in america like for us the skin color is the first thing that people see exactly. and we're instantly judged on whereas i think if you are from the jewish community but and um maybe specifically ashkenazi jewish so you your skin is paler your skin color is probably not the first thing somebody mm. sees and instantly judges you on until perhaps you know like you say go into a restaurant and order kosher or you know um if you have a jewish surname those kinds of things Whereas or if you're an orthodox jew also if you dress up oh jewish. yes if you're if you're an orthodox jew yeah yeah, yeah no wearing of course. a kippah wearing a necklace and the, and, the, and the interesting thing that some black jews in, in america are also ashkenazi jews because they follow the ashkenazi tradition so even the title okay. ashkenazi is a bit more complicated yeah by, by and large the ashkenazi um, uh, Ashkenazi Jewish um, uh, community comes from from Europe, or the or, or I mean, from recently from Europe. Of course, mm. all Jews came from the Middle East, East. and then were um, scattered in diaspora. Um, but the Ashken uh, the the diasporic um, identity of Ashkenazi is um, um, uh, while the majority of Ashkenazi Jews are f recently with recent uh, heritage from Europe. Mm. Um, some black Jews in, in America that converted or, or, or mm. descended of, of conversion um, um, or, or just associate more with the Ashkenazi Jewish community as black mm. Jews, um, they, um, uh, they, they, they can be Ashkenazi Jews, which is, makes it even more complicated. You know? Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. And I think, I think, yeah, I think when we do talk about privilege, sometimes it's not even as in terms of the layers of it, I mm. think for a lot of us, we literally just see it as a skin tone thing and right. nothing more. And I think because we are more often to get judged by our skin tone and we can't change it or wear different clothing or whatever, it's, it feels a lot harsh. It feels a lot harsher mm. um, and a lot more severe in terms of, I guess, the way uh, society or white society kind of kind of judges that and I, yeah. I I feel like you know again I can't speak on behalf of all black people but I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why there is such tension I think between the two communities mm. and, and and I think one of the main things um, that f from our side anyway that we are trying to understand or get more clarity on is I think when we think about racism and anti-semitism so anti-semitism is is it's like um 
you know, it's a form of racism, but it's, what am I trying to say? What would you say are like the differences between like anti-black racism mm. and then anti-Semitism? Because um, we were speaking before yeah. about sort of yeah. what, what the definition, so to speak, were. So with racism or anti-black racism, it's more a case of black and brown people being seen as subhuman and sort of, you know, low. Right. And then with anti-Semitism, um, there are some definitions that say it it puts Jewish people, it puts them to superhuman status, right. which is... them characteristic of, you know, controlling the world, controlling the yeah, bands, Yeah, which is so problematic in itself. But because it sounds like a positive thing, like, oh, powerful, da 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 what we you know if we if we were to say that now a lot of a lot of people who are not clued up or haven't educated themselves in mm. in the nuances between that would say oh you know what well, that's a good thing though isn't it good isn't it good isn't it good right. but it's because we haven't or I, I let me speak for myself here i haven't gone into the history and read about why these tropes are so problematic because they were used to paint you as superhuman so therefore oh you know too powerful we have to bring you down drag you down humble you dehumanizing right exactly dehumanizing yeah so i think it's i think that's a really good conversation to have in terms of the the tropes that are used and and how different they are to maybe other kinds of racism Mm -hmm. yeah i i completely agree i think you know another important point is that the way that we view this uh the bigotry against each community i mean I, I think it's very important for um, for Jews to understand that, that the racism that black Jews that black sorry that black people and black Jews as well uh, experience is as you said it's you know you can't change your skin color you can't um, um, become part of a, a part of the of the white majority in a society and you exp- your experience is um, very unique and very specific um, and that's uh, and that's something that we can't what we have to listen to and we have to try and understand but we will never relate to um, if you're not a black person, because mm. um, you, you you don't know what it's like. Mm. Um, and I think that for a lot of Jews, uh, for Orthodox Jews, or for Jews that even wear a kippah uh, or, or a headscarf or, or whatever, they, you know, any item, religious item that that they they feel like they need to, to wear or, or they it's part of Jewish culture, um, for them to not dress this way or to not have the, the head cover um, means not being a Jewish and mm. not being Jewish. And it means like, you know, letting go of their identity and um and i also understand and i had this conversation with uh, with a black friend uh, just a few few weeks ago on how um you know for for them it's you know for for some black people um it's um um it's almost a wishful thinking to be able to just be white and be part of the of the society because they yeah. they want to stop facing this racism of course they don't want to still very proud of uh, my friend is very proud of uh, uh, of uh, of his um um, you know heritage and who he is but um, but it's you know it's almost like I, I just wish to, to be accepted and I think that's also for the Jewish community um, for a community that in, in in living memory has been killed for not being white like for them it's also a big thing that they wish that they could but um, mm-hmm. to just not wear your headscarf while it sounds very you know easy and anyone can do that I mean you can just not wear this right and it's it's really not easy for them because if they do that they're going to betray their identity and yeah. they're going to change who they are um and and i think that both communities are you know are facing such unique um 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 hatred and, and racism and bigotry in society um but 
but each community is really needs to and, and I think that's what we're doing here we're listening to one another and mm. I never thought about uh, what you said I read it before I thought about it but I think you made it very clear to me that the idea of like being that uh, society is many parts of society will look at black um, black people as uh, inhuman and and will try and dehumanize them as um, putting them down and saying that you know they're inferior to the, the white race um, and while the Jewish community is being always you know putting up and, and saying and saying that in, in it being dehumanized but uh, in a way that saying that you know this is the Jews that you know in the public sphere in the public eye are you know the Jews that you know are directors they're um, um, powerful bankers and that's even something we spoke about yeah, that yeah. you that you didn't know remember yeah yeah so um we were speaking the other day about like the history of like yeah. banking and right, right, right. and you know there is this kind of trope or the stereotype that a lot of people within the jewish community um are like really rich and i even like read stuff about like the rothschild rothschild yeah. conspiracy um which is absolutely ridiculous and you know you explained to me that um you and another friend of mine um allison explained to me that the reason that um, at the time a lot of Jewish people went into banking is because it was seen as a dirty job to, to deal with money. To yeah. deal with money, yeah. and so it's just a case where over the years you like, in terms of a community, if there was a somebody in a community that was doing a specific job, and over the years you kind of just stay in that job or like would prefer to do that job, and it's not a case of, you know, it's not a case of. And I, and I don't like the fact that it constantly gets linked to like being like greedy or you mm. know doing all of this. It's literally a job that was given because it was seen as dirty. Because the only job we could have done, right? Yeah, exactly. And so for me, like learning that, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because when I, you know, I, I sometimes hear these tropes and I'm just like, I don't think anything about it. It's just the thing that I've just heard. Um, and so I think it's important especially within you know communities outside of the Jewish community to, to to be aware that when you say these things mm-hmm. um, that you think are probably good or positive that it can actually have the opposite effect like right. for instance within the black community when people say that strong black women or sassy or you know all of these things they're actually quite detrimental because then it puts us in that superhuman category and then you have things such as you know um, uh, one in five, or was it? What was the percentage? Um, uh, black women uh, five times more likely to die in childbirth because mm-hmm. of the assumption that we're stronger and we can take it. Therefore, we don't get access to pain relief, painkillers, and attention. So right. a lot of us are dying in childbirth because you've put us on a level of black women being so strong and powerful, which is terrible. And so, in the same vein, it's like you can't put other cultures, you know on this pedestal mm-hmm. so to speak um because it's again it is it is very detrimental towards the towards the community and it doesn't mean like oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's it's so it's it's so right i mean I, i'm thinking about like stereotypes of jews and and what and how we need to deal with both you know all the jewish community they're all rich and powerful and most of my friends and my family, I mean, my family had to live paycheck to paycheck, still does, and in, in mm. most of my family members and, and, and uh, Jews around the world in, in general, I mean, the, the majority of us are not rich and wealthy and, and powerful, but yeah, some of us um, made it, but 
you know, to take those and put them as an example, the, mm. the minority of our community that are um, that made it well. I mean, but there's still a minority of billionaires comparing to the white um, um, uh, exactly. billionaires in the world or, or people that um, are, you know, it's just like this, this tropes. And then on the other side, you also have that, that this tropes that Jews are dirty and Jews are, you know, spreading diseases. And uh, now in what's going on in Brooklyn, that um, they're saying that the Jewish community there is responsible for the outbreak of Corona in, uh, in New York, which is completely, um, you know, you would think that it's insane, but it happened to us before with the Black Death uh, in in uh, um, uh, in Spain with the plague that they blamed the Jews for uh, spreading the um, the the plague and saying that they actually um, because they're dirty they're um, the ones that that spread it um, and then later on they changed it and said well it's not because they're dirty they're actually there's the there are the ones that are not uh, being infected and they are responsible for it they didn't know that they were not infected because. In Jewish tradition, you have to wash your hands wash your before. Sa- I was going to say, yeah, like all the time. Anything probably cleaner than a lot of. Right. So and exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to be PC here, but it's true. Like just yeah. just because it's part of our tradition that we have to you know wash uh, all the time, like before you eat, you have to wash yourself before you you know yeah. um, uh, every month a woman uh, um, needs to wash herself in in a mikveh in this specific uh, spring. Um, so, so yeah, but, but, but I'm hearing those tropes online today in, in New York and I'm thinking, you know, that's really bad, but it's also a clear sign that something is changing and it's very important for us to be vigilant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for a lot of us as well, sort of outside of the community, especially, well, for me as well, one thing that I learned was, um, and it was through reading this week, um, Unwhitewashed by Yasmin mm-hmm. um, on, on Instagram, is a lot of us, or some of us tend to assume that when it comes to the persecution of, uh, of Jews, like it started around World War Two, And obviously that's not mm. the, the case at all. And that's something where, you know, I was reading a timeline of sort of, the persecution of Jews and how it's been happening since like 500 BC. And that was something that was new to me. Like, I didn't know that it had been going like pre-biblical times and pre this and pre that. I thought for the most part, it was something that only really established itself over the last hundred years or so. And so for me, having that knowledge and knowing that, you know, throughout the course of history, this has been happening. It just, it, it, it's like mind blown. Like it's, it, it makes not that it didn't make sense before, but it makes a lot more sense as to why it's so important to kind of, you know, not have these tropes and not have these, you know, these these stereotypes because it's not a recent thing. Like this has been happening, you know, since, oh gosh, like the Ottoman Empire, like all of these yeah. kinds of things I've been reading about. And it's just... Yeah, we were talking about the Spanish Inquisition that you didn't even know that Jews were a subject no. of violence and ethnic cleansing. And and I think, you know, it's it's... What you're saying, and, and first of all, like I cannot thank you enough for understanding it and, and hearing and, and researching. And you mentioned Yasmin, um, uh, shout out to Yasmin.dreams on Instagram. She's an amazing Instagrammer and a dear friend of mine that is doing a lot to educate the public on this. Um, but taking the time and, and, and learning about that and, and becoming, you know, f- I, I, that's why it was so important for me to meet you and to speak with you and to, uh, and, I, and I saw it from what you wrote online and, and I've seen it when we met your... Um, I think in in some ways you're going to become much stronger of an ally for the Jewish community now after this 
unfortunate incident, but I think mm-hmm. that you're um, what you're doing now and, and, and how serious you're, you're taking it and investing this time in really um, educating yourself and your peers uh, and, and, and making, uh, making a difference would be, you know, this is, this is amazing allyship that we, that I want, that we need. And, and in the same way, I'm, I'm an ally of you now. And, and I think, you know, us being more closer and, and learning about each other's communities um, and what we're facing um, is so important. And I think, What's what I was saying? I said it before, but I think that the point that um, the the reason that it's so traumatic is because it makes um, we know that anti-Semitism doesn't end only in tropes, and we know that when people say things, um, as you said, you know, in every generation of the Jewish community, we've faced uh, horrific violence and and attempts of genocide. From uh, we meant that we spoke about it just the the Holocaust, the Spanish Inquisition, the Ottoman Empire. Um, in in every you know we're still a minority a tiny minority like 0.0 something percent of the world population mm. and there's still so much hatred being targeted to being targeted on us and we're trying to we're trying to educate the public but I think in many ways we're also afraid it's it's really fear um, um, and it's not fear that is unbased it's fear that we know that they that societies um, you know societies that are dominantly predominantly not Jewish um, in every place we've been um, have targeted us and, and have um, done horrific things for us and I think that's that's what we're trying to um, to say it's not just that it's semantics and whatever you guys just move on like it really harms us and it's in the same way it harms the black community the semantics that is um, that is racist it's not just racism that people say things and it's whatever no it's just like you said you gave those examples that are so mm-hmm. important of how racist ideas um, actually have consequences um, yeah. that cost life for black people yeah so what I'm are you re- thinking just reflecting on oh it's really it's, yeah it's really deep um yeah yeah and i think do you want to do you want a moment i'll get you tissue uh no i'm good i'm good it's just i was really like it's emotional yeah I it's emotional it's a really emotional topic and i think you know it's that's why it's important now more than ever for you know two really marginalized communities to actually mm. have that bridge where we can because we have we are so similar I think even in regards to, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I speak to some of my friends who are Jewish and we talk about like little cultural things that we do in both communities, Mm. everything from like head wraps to, you know, to the stuff we wear and just the way in which we raise kids and stuff. Like, I feel like there are so many similarities on both sides that these are the things that we need to kind of focus on as opposed to Mm. the differences, because the only thing that is winning here by us arguing is white supremacy. Mm. And they probably love it that yeah. there is a lot of tension between oh, yeah. the two. They love it. And there just needs to be a lot of education. I think there needs to be a lot. And I think that one of the reasons why there is a bit of a divide is fear on both mm-hmm. sides. Yeah. Scared of saying the wrong thing, scared of incurring the wrath of, of either community, not knowing what to say, what knowing knowing what to say kind of thing. And then also this one-upmanship mm. that seems to exist between like you know the holocaust and persecution versus slavery and colonization and and all the general stuff that's happened um with our community and i just think it's you know where i went wrong um is doing the whole you know oh but what about us kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't you know it shouldn't 
that shouldn't exist it shouldn't be that we should really be you know working together like I even say you know in my book when I'm talking about you know something as random as body positivity it was started mm. by black women black women and Jewish women yeah. in the 1950s in America I loved it and yeah. that is important like the stuff that we can do when we come together mm-hmm. just like topple white supremacy that's that's, that's yeah. the, well I have to say that I don't know but it's it's true like <laughs> no, I, I just absolutely. I think it's important to kind of to have these open discussions and also I think create safe spaces where either one of us can ask questions that we probably didn't know or maybe find out clarity without being without being scared of um uh like causing offense or or being seen as something um because I think there are some questions that you know people want answers to and Mm -hmm. they don't know how to ask because they're scared that if they ask they will sound racist or they will sound anti-Semitic. Right. And so I think it's, it is good to have these open discussions where we can just lay it all out and just say, look, this happened here, here and here. This upsets us because of this mm-hmm. and vice versa as well. And so I'm, I feel really privileged to be able to kind of have these discussions uh, with you and actually read more about just for me, it was just shocking how far back mm-hmm. this goes in regards to the persecution. Like I, I, some of the stuff that I read was heartbreaking, like the conversion of, you know, being forced to convert to Christianity, you know, there's, oh yeah. And then there's this whole, there's this whole debate, which I don't really get about, you know, Jesus and Mm. all of that. That's, that's, you know, a lot of black people are Christians. And so there is this whole, and I'm not saying it's just black people that think this, but within Christianity as well, which as a Christian, I find problematic as a religion anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I kind of, I, my Christianity is more between God and me and not churchy bits. But, um, you know, a lot of the animosity tends to come from the fact that, you know, they believe that the Jewish people killed Jesus and all Mm -hmm. of that kind of thing. So even from a religious aspect, I think there is a lot of um, education that needs to be had. And again, even that, like, you know, the killing of Jesus was a reason for mass, uh, you know, violence against the Jewish community that was always justified that, you know, well, it's okay to kill the Jews because they killed Jesus. They killed our savior. Um, Really? Yeah, we both know how how bad it is, but that was a lot in in the Inquisition. That was also part of, uh, of the ideas that were promoted, that Jews killed Jesus, so it's okay to do that to them. Um, and, and that really taking, and I think that's something that we're, what you touched on was so important that, you know, we have to, to understand, um, uh, each other's communities and, and what we're facing. And, and, mm. and another big part that I'm seeing today, I'm, I'm an Israeli and a big part of what I'm seeing is also the, the, the approach towards Israel and how people are anti-Israel and Israel represents the, it's the only Jewish nation in the world. And it's, uh, for it's it's a big part of Jewish identity. We pray towards Jerusalem. It's uh, you, you mentioned it as well. That is uh, uh, from your uh, background that um, um, you know that Israel is the land of the Jewish people. Mm. Um, Can I just ask? Is that something that you see as tokenistic? If I say, or if like a community says, look, you know, we see Israel as our spiritual home, or you know, we think that. Um, Israel deserves to be like a validated country, like the promised land kind of thing. Is that something that you see as tokenistic? Because I don't want to, I don't want my support to come across right. as like, oh, you know, we only uh, like Jewish people because they are the, the promised people of God. Like, because that's in my religion as well. But then it's also, it's not the reason why I'm, you know, I just want to like, 
Yeah, no, I, well, I really appreciate it because some people are doing it in a tokenistic way that mm. it's like, um, um, we're, we're really, I'm reading about some um, um, Christians that hold the idea of, you know, how, I mean, and, and I respect every religion and if that's just a belief, it's just a belief and it's fine. Um, um, but I, I read that Jews need to go back to the promised land so the Antichrist come and then all Jews will convert to Christianity or something like that which I, I don't I haven't really di- <laughs> dive deep into it um, so that's that might be a bit um, uh, tokenistic but I think yeah. that um, if it's part of the of the religion of, of your religion or anyone's religion like which in many cases it is like Jews are, are referred to um, because it's the oldest religion um, it's referred to in in, uh, in the Quran I mean the when Muhammad's yeah. army came to uh, to the Middle East they were fighting the um, the Jewish community there um, so so I think it's okay to mention it if it's part of the religion and it's really fine with us um, to to discuss it but okay. um, to understand that it's uh, it transcends only a religious belief um, that is different than ours mm. it's also we have indigenous roots to this land um, cool. yeah. we all come from there uh, we're uh, in the in genetic tests you can find that um, many Jews are also you know share the same uh, um, the same DNA DNA and also that is traceable to the Middle East which I also you know I don't think we I don't think we need to go down this path because this is also a bit um, sensitive because you know we've discussed the Holocaust and the idea of race and how uh, Jews have, uh, according to the Nazi ideology we are a different race of subhuman so this is also um, sensitive but but in any case, I think that, you know, the important thing here is that um, we're having this conversation. And there's so much that I want to learn more about, um, about um, the racism that you're facing, but also about the positive things about the black community. And I think that mm-hmm. it's so important for us to not, to not, and that's, again, that's why I'm doing it, because I think it's important for us to come together for, um, in, in, um, in, in history, um, the black community and the Jewish community always stood together um, in, in America with Martin Luther King uh, and later on with other social justice causes that um, um, Jewish community uh, traditionally, because we believe in these values of um, making the world a better place for everyone, because we believe in, in, in the values of uh, uh, equality and justice, um, um, we've, we've been there. And I don't know what happened to us um, uh, recently that we, not, I'm, I'm using a, a wide brush here but many in the Jewish community at least the ones that I've seen online which I don't know if they're real or, or bots but a lot of people were um, Jewish people were very were, were so upset that they weren't able to even um, try and and have this conversation or mm. try and, and build those bridges and you know if we'll continue this way the only people that are going to benefit from it are um, neo-nazis and white supremacists and KKK and this type of people that really um, mm. have you know, they disagree um, about a lot of things, but they all agree that the Jewish community and the black people are both mm. uh, subhuman or sub or super, but mm. not human. And, and both need to be um, uh, treated as such. And it's, um, uh, and it's scary and it's scary for black people. It's scary for Jewish people. And I think that we both, um, we both have to have these conversations and, and understand that anti-Semitism and racism are not the same. Um, but that we are both uh, marginalized and that we need to, to listen to one another and understand those differences. Uh, and this will be a way for us to grow. And I'm thinking that maybe we can discuss it later, but maybe that will be like a first podcast of a future of a podcast that, uh, that we can discuss these issues because I think it's so important. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's important to kind of keep having these conversations. And, and like you just said as well, like a lot of people don't know 
you know, the difference between anti-Semitism and racism, because we assume that anti-Semitism in terms of the the values and what constitutes it or not Mm -hmm. is the same as racism. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when, you know, if there was an occasion where we do say something, we wouldn't know that we're being anti-Semitic until until we're told mm-hmm. um, because there are different, you know, there are there are little nuances that a lot of us may not be aware of, such right. as the whole, you know, powerful thing, like a lot of people wouldn't right. ha- have any idea. Right. And so I think, yeah, I think it's important to have these discussions. Like you say, I don't know how or where this divide kind of started, but we're here. And it's, yeah, it's important to kind of have these structures in place where we can have open and honest and frank conversations mm-hmm. because we need to we just need to we need to have some kind of commonality like it's not I almost feel like I do feel like a lot of it is it's not even down to the way in which we see each other it's literally just because nobody is talking and there's a fear that's growing and the fear is bigger than the mm-hmm. opportunity for us to to communicate um, but my hope is that um, the Jewish people that are listening um, um, the ones that are open for this to hear this conversation this is I could not be more grateful uh, and I want them to also speak to their friends and their colleagues and their and their family members and try and explain that to them everything you heard here today and and be more open because um, we have no other um, other option we have to work together mm, I agree and uh, the thing that I was gonna say was that uh, I absolutely understand why this is such a um, trigger point and I understand why, you know, if somebody does say something terrible and they come out and they mm-hmm. apologise for it, I understand why there is that kind of wariness of, oh, you know, they're lying or they don't mean mm-hmm. it or they don't because there is such a, a long history of people intentionally being anti-Semitic and, you know, the, the, the trauma and the tragedy and of, of having to carry basically this trauma of not only what happened during the Holocaust, but, you know, the thousands of years Mm of, of being persecuted. So when somebody does, you know, say something and they apologize, it, it's almost a sense of, oh, you know, they're they're only just saying it because, or they don't mean it, or it's like, you're so used to, can I swear on there? Yeah. Okay. It's like, you're so used to being shitted on by other communities that it, it's, there's like a, I don't want to say defense mechanism, but I, I understand why maybe the kind of wanting to reach out or forgive or somebody is mm. difficult because mm. you're so used to people intentionally trying to destroy you as a okay. community. Yeah. And so I understand for me the feedback I've been getting on. Like I complete like that's that's non-negotiable. Like I completely understand it, but equally I do want to use this as an opportunity to educate myself more and you know in the last week alone I've done a lot of reading and my mind has been blown at a lot Mm. of things and it's it's definitely making me think differently about you know some of the views that I've been told or have seen and and I constantly want to try and do better and um yeah just try and help you know I'm only one person but trying to help bridge bridge this gap so that they can be understanding and um yeah is hoping that in the future we're able to kind of like do more more things together it's it's such a nuanced and and an important discussion to have i think between both communities yeah and and on this um on the description of the podcast or wherever you're listening to it 
there will be a few links to uh, the ADL, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, um, some other uh, resources that uh, you, you can use to, to learn more. And maybe, Stephanie, you can also suggest for a few resources on, on racism and uh, things for the Jewish community to also um, uh, learn more about. But uh, that's what I said in the beginning, um, and I'll say it again. I think, you know, you're going to be such a, such a stronger ally than to the Jewish community than you were before this started. Um, I think that's why it's so important to um, to work with uh, with people that um, made mistakes and, and allow this this platform for change, specifically for people with such a loud voice, like a, a big voice like yours. Not loud, loud is not good. Big voice, I mean. Um, uh, that is uh, that is doing something that is so important. I mean, um, your your writings and, and your uh, and your what you're doing online on, on Instagram and on Twitter and your book uh, and your next book, hopefully that will come soon. Um, uh, I think all of this is, is super important for us as a society to, to read and be exposed to and, and to learn um, and, and to expand the conversation. Um, and here's, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to reading more about what you write on, 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 on this issue and, and to see more um, um, of, you know, of this work together. I, could not appreciate um, more uh, how how open you are, how honest you are, uh, how vulnerable you are. It's really it's not um, it's not obvious. More than it's not obvious, it's completely the opposite of what I've experienced with so many people um, wow. that are public figures, people that are um, involved in in social justice or or, or equality. Um, usually, the default is completely the opposite. So. I can't thank you enough, and and I know that there are many Jews. I know you've seen a lot of uh, um, pushback online, but I'm telling you, there's a, there are many Jews and many people that uh, um, on my Instagram, on Twitter, on on Facebook have uh, have told me how uh, this was inspiring to see someone that is open to admitting their mistakes and and trying to work for um, to 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 educate themselves more and and to become this ally. So so thank you on behalf of all of our community. We're saying in Hebrew todalaba, which means thank you very much. Oh, thank and, you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you're you I I really value this friendship and um, I hope it, I know it will continue. Oh, thank you. So do I. Like thank you so much for having me on and it's only onwards and upwards from here. Amen. I think. Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie.